Hi folks, welcome to stage 21, the final stage of the 2023 Tour de France. Stage 21 is a parade stage, it's not a real bike race. You look at it and be like, oh, 115K, I could watch the whole thing, but you forget, they're going way slower. They're going like half, they're going coffee ride pace, uh, the first like 60K. So there's photo ops, let's do all the jerseys ride next to each other and put their arms around each other and let's do the winner's team and let's do all the Australians and let's do... Uh, everyone whose name starts with C. If you just can't get enough, the, the racing starts at 55K to go, but really, they're not really racing until like 3K is where you want to start. That said, the city of Paris is the real winner of this stage, uh, always. They, the cameras know exactly where to stand to get the riders going by the Arc de Triomphe. So if you like architecture, uh, France porn, you can watch the, the last 55K, you'll be all right. Today's stage is brought to you by Sunday's Insurance. This is a product I always wanted to exist and I'm glad they finally do. You have your fancy bicycle, what if it gets stolen from your house or your car? Maybe your homeowner's insurance covers that, maybe your auto. What if it gets stolen when you leave it outside during a bike ride, do they cover that? If it is covered, is it covered for full value? What if you crash it? What if you're racing? What if the airline destroys it or just loses it on the way to a race or you drive into the thing at a Wendy's drive-through with your roof rack? Sunday's Insurance is the way to protect your beloved bicycle. They'll take care of it full value, including the accessories, including your computer, custom paint, custom parts, even your clothes. And they'll do it quick so you're back on the road to trails. So go to sundaysinsurance.com, see their offers, and get your free quote. Since it's the final stage, I thought I'd start with like a quick summary of what's happened stage by stage. A lot's gone on, so I went through and I made some notes. We'll see who the winners, who the losers are so far. And you know what? Let's put in some reminiscing music. Yeah. Uh, stage one was the hilltop finish. The Yates brothers went 1-2. Uh, Adam wins. He took the yellow for UAE. Stage two, Victor Lefay with a spoiler K-to-go attack. Wow came second. Stage three was a field sprint, Philipson's first stage win of this tour. Stage four was the really messy field sprint on like a car track, uh, Philipson got that one as well. Stage five was a mountaintop finish, uh, Jai Hindley took that solo for Bora. He took yellow, but Vingago put a bunch of time on Tade. Stage six, mountaintop finish, uh, Tade attacked with just a few hundred meters to go, but actually took a little dent out of uh, Jonas's lead. Stage seven, another field sprint, third stage win for Alpeson with Philipson again. Stage eight, Maz Pedersen took the field sprint for Trek, just edged out Philipson at the line. Stage nine, my personal favorite, uh, Mike Woods wins one for Israel out of a breakaway. Stage 10, we had a hilly breakaway stage. Uh, Peo Bilbao took one for Bahrain. Stage 11, another field sprint victory for Philipson and Alpeson. Say that five times fast. Stage 12, we had another hilly breakaway. Izagir took this one for Kofidis. No changes in the GC. Stage 13, Kwiatkowski gets one for Ineos. And Tade just still pecking away at that GC lead. Stage 14, Rodriguez makes it two in a row for Ineos. Tade gets a time bonus. No time gap, but a time bonus in the sprint for the line. Stage 15, it was Vout versus Vout. Uh, Vout Powells took the win for Bahrain, Van Aert second, no changes in the GC. So up to this point, the GC is separated by 10 seconds. Tade is just consistently pecking away at the lead for Jonas. And then we had the time trial, stage 16, where Jonas shut everyone up and won by a minute 38. Stage 17, Felix Gall wins one on the mountaintop out of a tough breakaway for AG2R. Tade crashed early on and then cracked late uh, and lost over five minutes. Stage 18, uh, breakaway foiled the sprinters. Askreen takes one for Sudal. Stage 19, another breakaway. This one went to Mahoric for Bahrain. And then stage 20, Tade, Gall, and Jonas sprint for the line. Pogacar gets a second stage win. When you're grading the teams, you're not really scoring on like a raw scale of success. You're sort of doing a curve based on the team's budget. So you got your small teams with their budgets like under 15 million who are really just happy to be there. A stage win and they're stoked versus these like behemoth teams with unlimited budgets uh, who would be really embarrassed if they weren't in the top five. So winners and losers, of course, uh, Yumbo with the GC win, uh, Emirates with second overall, Yates third overall, and three stage wins. 
Ineos with fifth overall for Rodriguez and two stage wins. Sixth overall, Bahrain with Bilbao. Uh, three different stage winners for them. Bora's got one stage win and seventh overall with Hindley. Trek ends up with one stage win in the polka dots. Not a bad tour for them. Gall really saved it for AG2R with eighth overall in his stage win. Alpecin's got to be happy with Philipson winning four stages for them. Matthew Vanderpool never quite had the legs, didn't pull off a result for himself, but did turn into a good lead-out guy for Jasper. Tenth overall after Sepkus's crash uh, goes to Guillaume Martin. So that's a top 10 and two stage wins for Kofidis. They've got to be stoked with that for a small team. Sudal got one stage win. Israel had the one stage win. A couple good moves and some close calls, but probably not what they were looking for. Teams ended up with nothing. Intermarche got nothing with Gourmet. Movistar, only four guys finishing. Arkea, a couple breakaways. Lotto Destiny, nothing. Astana was leaning on Cavendish, and he, he, they were just anonymous after he left. EF, bunch of days in the polka dots, some good media coverage, but ultimately nothing. Uno X, nothing. And then Total Energies, did you remember they were even there? Peter Sagan is still in the race. He's only 33 years old, looks 73 all of a sudden. Tough year for him. DSM, also nothing, barely saw them in the race. Of course, the real winner is the nation of France. Uh, France is undefeated at the Tour de France. Couple quick notes from yesterday. Uh, Sepkus still in the race, but out of the top 10 uh, after his crash. Just a bummer of a good chance for an American to be in the top 10. It's been a while. I don't think he's super stressed about it, but uh, we're bummed. Apparently the crash was caused. Rodriguez said that his, his rear wheel collapsed. Uh, you don't want that. I wish the cameras got uh, Pidcock's face when Rodriguez came up to him. So Pidcock was coming back from the breakaway and his job was to help Rodriguez. So for sure on the radio, he's hearing like, hey, Rodriguez is coming across. You got to help him save his, his GC. And then he looks back and sees his teammate's face covered in blood like, mate, what the hell happened to you? Jonas had his kid on the podium yesterday. Uh, that's always cute. And my last note uh, from stage 20 is that when you type uh, Warren Bargill's name into your iPhone, it autocorrects to uh, Batgirl. Now on for today. So final stage, 115K, they start at the Velodrome outside of Paris. Next year, for the first time in decades, the race will not finish in Paris. It'll finish in Nice because uh, the Olympics are taking place in Paris. Uh, I'm not a big, like, ooh, tradition's important. At least I didn't think I was. And then I heard that and I was like, that is blasphemy. That's offensive. It must finish on the Champs-Élysées. I don't know how I'm going to handle that. Think about a mess uh, Paris or France is going to be next summer. The, the spectators, they just won't know where, what sport to run alongside with their ass hanging out. So when the race starts, I'm putting that in finger quotes, uh, Campanaire's attacked at kilometer zero again. Uh, we definitely need to find Thomas Volker for that situation. You're not supposed to attack because all the, they haven't done the, the fashion show photo ops yet. Uh, it didn't look like his attack was a joke. It didn't look like it was ironic. And he, he got a, a minute gap and then someone clearly told him in the radio like, yo, bro, what do you, what do you, we get it. You like to attack. He's already got the, the jersey. So on the one hand, like maybe he's, you know, he's going to win the, the most aggressive rider, most combative rider jersey. Uh, maybe he's, he thinks he's doing that kind of a service. On the other hand, they're like, yo, stop it. Just stop it. So that's my armchair team director. Did they tell him he should do that? Or did they find out on the radio and be like, bro, bro, knock it off. It's just bad form to commence with the racing when you're not supposed to yet on a, on a fake race stage like today. What are they not saying on TV? They're not pointing out like those, they'll be showing the riders who are just sort of like taking their nature break uh, off the bike or running into the forest. And they don't really call it out, but it's really obvious. Uh, tough situation on a, on a very urban stage because uh, riders are used to just stopping to pee, especially when it's neutral. You just want to stop anytime. Uh, nowhere to pee in the city of Paris. You've really got to be opportunistic and pay attention or you're just kind of showing it to spectators, which was also happening. Uh, again, fine Thomas Volkler. So Yoma Visma uh, leads it through the Louvre, uh, high five the Mona Lisa, enters the city. First attacker was Tade. That was kind of fun to see. Dude just loves racing his bike. Uh, on the other hand, let the other guys have some TV time, you know? But a few hitters, a few guys who were like, oh, this is the breakaway, uh, did go across to him. And this part, kind of tough to watch live on TV. The, the announcers, and I understand like one thing, they're getting excited. On the other hand, it's their job to make it look exciting. 
but also, at some point, it's insulting my intelligence to say, like, oh, this is a really dangerous breakaway. It's a move of six guys with 33K to go that has literally four seconds. The guys in the break, like, sure, they're pedaling fast, but they're smalling. They're looking at each other. Uh, they're putting on a show. Just call it what it is. I'm not saying it's impossible for a breakaway to stick on the Champs-Élysées. It has happened historically. There's a parallel universe at this stage where all the teams ganged up on Alpecin and just completely shattered the race, shattered them. But pretty quick, you saw Jayco taking turns on the front, Shrek taking turns on the front. The peloton is, you know, eight dudes wide. That just means it's not that hard. They've all had enough bike racing, and they're just ready to let it be a field sprint and call it a day. Look at the most interesting thing that happened today. Uh, Jai Hindley had a mechanical with like 17K to go. The race actually was kind of going fast. Looked like, you know, wet roads, bumpy roads. Uh, he needed a bike change. That actually does kind of suck. He made it back okay, but it's not like they were waiting for him. Finally, with like 3K to go, uh, all the TV breakaways were soaked up. Leadouts did their battle, and the sprint was good. Vanderpool did the leadout, but Phillipson got a little bit boxed in behind him. Almost made up for it at the end and lost in a very close bike throw to Jordi Meis, uh, who gets a nice win for Bora. If I was watching in person, where would I want to be? Uh, lots of options in Paris. There was a Ferris wheel around like 5k to go. That would be fun. A lot of bridges that they're passing in there so you can watch the race go through a few times. I'd grab a croissant and just kind of walk backwards on the course, see as much as I could see. Unanswerable questions. How seriously are the teams taking the stage today? Like EF clearly had a plan. Uh, they wanted Betty all up the road, but were they realistic that he's going to like win the stage or were they like, yo, you got to be in the TV attack today and he's like, fine. And when they're in the breakaway, like, yeah, they're pushing, they're going hard, but what percentage is acting? There's for sure, you know, you're rocking your hips a little bit more. You know, you're on TV. The spectators are giving you some energy. You want to give them a show. Big missed opportunity today, in my opinion. Uh, Jonas should have stopped like right before the finish line and sat there for like seven minutes and 20 seconds, uh, like pull up a chair, have like a coffee. That just would have been awesome. Get Rolex to sponsor it or something. So he's like staring at his watch, make sure he's not late to, to finish the tour. The other thing I'm not saying on TV, uh, they do reference like after parties, but riders are getting hammered tonight. A bunch of them probably got hammered last night. Understand, it doesn't take much. But there's after party, there's after after parties, there's after, you get the idea. Every rider shows up, they got their suitcase full of kit and their race shoes and all that stuff, but they also on the side have like one nice pair of jeans, a button down shirt, some cool shoes, a ton of hair gel, probably way too much like Axe body spray. You do not show up at the after 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 party in your team track pants. Okay, that's it for me. Uh, I just want to thank everyone for listening. This has been a lot more fun than I expected, honestly. My channel always just dies in July because folks are watching the tour, and I thought like this might be a good way to bring that back up uh, and also an excuse to, to watch a race for the first time in many years. I think I picked a really good addition to, to jump back into it, but I appreciate all the comments and reviews and notes I've been getting from folks. A lot of folks have been asking if I'll do another daily recap uh, for the Tour de France Femmes coming up next. This daily podcast thing has totally kicked my ass. Uh, I've got other obligations, other things to do. Honestly, I think like that event and Zwift does a really good job with their commentary. Women's racing doesn't have a lot of the like negative history and staleness uh, that I think the men's racing sort of needs to be spiced up a little bit. I will do more race coverage because I feel like that went well. But the main thing I've learned the last few weeks is that I really like riding bikes more than I like talking about them or watching them. The reason I changed locations halfway through was I went up to Big Bear. Uh, there's a mountain bike race coming up. I haven't raced a mountain bike ever. I've barely ridden a mountain bike. So I'm just doing like a, a two week, hopefully don't crash too much course. And then we'll see how I do it like a local fun uh, grassroots chill event. I will keep the podcast element going. Uh, if you want to hear more of me in the short term, I've got my books are all on audio. Draft animals I read myself. So one last thanks to everyone who went on this journey. And of course, thanks to all the sponsors. Uh, links in the description for everybody. Sundaysinsurance.com for today. And I'll be back soon. See ya.